0: All right, I'd like to welcome everybody in from home. I hope you're tuning in with us tonight. Uh, we're gonna to be in the book of Acts chapter number 15, and uh, we're gonna begin reading in verse number 36. Now, now this is a little weird for me, uh, but let's look at the bright side of this deal. Uh, for all you that think I'm too loud or th- think I'm not loud enough, tonight you're controlling the volume. And for those of you that get too cold or too hot, Uh, you control the thermostat tonight and, uh, you got your favorite parking tonight and so things should be pretty good now. Uh, let's let's do this. Let's open with a word of prayer and uh, we'll just get started tonight. And just like normal, uh, I hope you were able to get the outline. They were able to download the outline and get it printed off for you. Uh, uh, but if not, just follow along with what they have. And uh, and I'll have these printed off also with the answers in there. If you're not a note taker, if you'd like the, the copies, we'll make these available to you uh, tomorrow and uh, you'll be able to keep them with you for all of you that are keeping track of the book of Acts through this study. So we'll make sure you have that. And, uh, and it will be a great, great study tonight. We're going to deal with the topic of disagreement, disagreement, Uh, anytime you get more than one person involved in anything, sooner or later, you're going to have disagreement sooner or later, you're not going to be able to agree on a topic or an issue or a subject. And, uh, and there's going to be conflict. There's going to be tension and it's no different here with men of God that served in the new Testament and that God used. And, and we're going to see, uh, what happens, what happens when you just cannot agree when you just cannot agree. Two different disagreements took place in this particular chapter. Uh, one, one particular disagreement we studied last week that had to do with theology. Uh, theology. And it was of the doctrine of salvation. And we know, if you will remember from last week, they went back to Jerusalem and uh, the church in Jerusalem, they left Antioch and went back and they, they went over it and went over it and discussed it and discussed it till they came up with the truth that salvation is by grace through faith alone. And, uh, and so they, they, they hammered it out. They hammered it out till they found a solution. And so there they investigated. If we Want to use that word when it comes to doctrine, when it comes to theology and there's a disagreement, there needs to be investigation. You need to come to a conclusion. You need to find out what the truth is in that deal. But this one tonight is going to be totally different. Tonight is not going to be on, uh, Bible doctrine. It's not going to be on what the scripture says. It's not going to be on theology. It's basically a disagreement over methodology, methodology, how to get the gospel out. And, uh, in this one, we find that the answer is not going to be investigation, digging in and working it out till we come to a conclusion. We're going to see that it's separation, separation. So Let's jump right in. Acts chapter number 15 in verse number 36, Acts fifteen, thirty-six, And it says, and some days after Paul said unto Barnabas, let us go again and visit our brethren in every city where we have preached the word of the Lord and see how they do. And Barnabas determined to take with them John, whose surname was Mark. But Paul thought not good to take him with them who departed from them from Phamphilia and went not with them to the work. And the contention was so sharp between them that they departed asunder one from the other. Now, let me read that again. Sometimes when we see Bible characters and we see uh, people who we, we, we hold to high esteem uh, that we think is really close to God, they don't get to this point. But let's look what it says. The contention was so sharp between them that they departed asunder from the other. And so Barnabas took Mark and sailed to Cyprus and Paul chose Silas and departed, being recommended by the brethren under the grace of God. And he went through Syria and Cilicia confirming the churches. So let's pray. Let's pray. Bow your heads and let's ask the Lord to help us with our study tonight. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you so much for the privilege and the opportunity it is to be able to come into your house. And just to break, your, break down the word of God in such a way that we can understand and we can glean from it and learn from it. And Lord, I pray right now that your, your word will not return void. I pray that, that as I'm here and our people are tuning in, Lord, from their houses and from their, wherever they may be, they may be in the car, they may be in their living room, wherever it might be, that Lord, you will bless them right where they are. Uh, Lord, I miss them being here. I miss them dearly being here. But I know things have to be the way they are right now. But God, I pray as you bring us through this, I pray, Lord, that you'll help us to, make things as normal as possible. I pray that you'll give us courage. I pray that you'll give us strength. I pray that you'll give us patience with each other, patience with, uh, our circumstances and the situations we're facing. And Lord, uh, let us be the church in this deal. I pray that the world will see people that are calm. I pray the world will see the church as people who have peace and, and, and who have, uh, an assurance that you're in charge and you know what you're doing. And Lord, more than anything, throughout this this difficult time, I pray that you will just bring droves of people to yourself and show them that they need a Savior. And Lord, we'll thank you and praise you for all that you do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Here in Acts chapter number 15, uh, I, I wanna, I wanna share just a little bit in the beginning, uh, and, and so we'll, we'll just kinda skim through the chapter and get to where we're teaching tonight. Uh, the very first disagreement we come to it, we find we find Paul and Barnabas there in Antioch and they are teaching and they are winning souls to him and, and winning souls to Christ and bringing them to a knowledge of salvation, discipling, training, developing them, teaching. Uh, they, they went through. A missionary journey went around the Mediterranean, planting churches and winning people to Christ and discipling those who had 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 trusted Christ and believed on the Lord. And man, everything was great. It was wonderful. They come back and they they they're here at Antioch of Syria and they begin to report what's going on. And the church is celebrating and it's going good. And and just like always, just like always, when God is blessing, the devil begins to stir and the devil begins to make trouble and difficulty. And, and, and so we have false teachers that come in and begin to teach the people that they have to follow the law of Moses and believe in Jesus. They have to be circumcised. They have to go through the, the ceremonial law. And, and so what they were trying to do was mix grace and mix the law together. They were legalistic and said, you had to believe in Jesus and you had to be a, basically a Jewish proselyte. You had to uh, uh, convert to Judaism before you could convert to Christianity and Paul uh, disputed that in a major way. And there was a great disagreement in the church to the point that they had to go back uh, to the church of Jerusalem, to the elders uh, and, the, and the, the, the church fathers there and the leaders, and they hammered it out. There was a great discussion there. And, and they just kept on and kept on till they came to a conclusion that salvation is by grace through faith. They came to an understanding and they came to a truth. They did not quit till they found what was truth. And so, man, that was great. Now they're celebrating. Everything's great. They go back to Antioch and they share with the Gentile believers that, that, that you are truly saved, that you don't have to be a Jew, that God made no distinction between the Jew and the Gentile. It takes faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And so things begin to smooth out and things begin to go in a, in a, in a better way. And then Paul, he tells Barnabas, hey, let's go back and let's go visit the churches. Let's go visit those that we the, we have planted around the Mediterranean and, and go back and confirm them, check on them and determine uh, how they are doing. So if you're taking notes, if you look at your notes, uh, the first thing I want you to see, number one, is the desire Of the missionaries. Verse number 36. Look what it says. And some days after Paul said unto Barnabas, let us go again and visit our brethren in every city where we have preached the word of the Lord and see how they do. Now, this is really important. And uh, this is, this doesn't have as much to do uh, with the, the main topic tonight on disagreement. But I want to put this out there that it's very important that, that we understand that salvation is not the only thing that the church is responsible for. We're not just responsible to to bring people to Christ. And that's it. The Bible says that we are not only to make disciples, but we're to teach them to do whatsoever Christ has commanded them. So, salvation's important, but according to Paul, he is concerned about discipleship. He's discerned, he is concerned about, uh, development. He's concerned about Christian maturity. He wants to go check on the converts that they had won. And that is a very good point. So, two things, write this down real quick, and we'll move to number two. We see the desire of the missionaries. First is to check the progress of the churches. They, they they wanted to check the progress of the churches. Are the churches doing OK? Uh, Paul knew Paul knew that scattered throughout the Mediterranean, there'd be false teachers. Uh, he said there would be wolves in and sheep's clothing. And he wanted to make sure the churches were in good shape. The churches were accomplishing the mission that God had set for them to do, accomplishing the Great Commission, winning souls and bringing them in. So he's wanting to he's wanting to uh, check on the churches as as a whole. But also, not just check the progress, but he wanted to confirm the people. He wanted to confirm the people. Now, what does that mean? The word means to establish. It means to strengthen. And so his concern was not just for the church as a whole. His concern was for the individual person. Now, it's great. It's great to have a church that's growing. It's great to have a big old building. Uh, it's not really great to have a big old building when there's nobody in it. But it's great to have a building that you need when you have a crowd and when God is uh, building and people are getting saved and people are coming. And, and that's wonderful. And it's great to have a big ministry. It's great to have uh, a ministry that reaches out into the city and reaches out into the community and makes a difference in the world. But Paul is not just concerned with the church as a whole. He's concerned with the individual believer. He's concerned with the individual person in their life, in their walk with Christ and how they are doing. So he's wanting to confirm these disciples. He's wanting to establish them in the faith. There's no greater thing that a community could have than an established, growing, developed, mature church. And so their desire, their desire was to go back and check on the churches that were planted and the converts that were won. So number two, number two. Before we get to the disagreement, let's talk about the two guys disagreeing. Let's talk about these two men a little bit. The Bible says in verse number 37, excuse me, verse number 36. And some days after Paul said unto Barnabas, Paul said unto Barnabas, let us go again and visit our brethren in every city where we have preached the word of the Lord and see how they do. And Barnabas determined to take with them John, whose surname was Mark. Now, let's look at let's look at two things real quickly. Uh, Number A, letter A, I guess. uh, I want you to see the difference in their personalities, the difference in their personalities. Paul and Barnabas were two totally different people, two totally different people. Uh I guess I guess when you hear the old old phrase, opposites do attract, right? Opposites do attract. Well, that worked perfect with these guys because they were completely, completely different. And here's here's what I want you to see. Let's look at a couple of verses that deal with Barnabas. Acts chapter number four, verse 36 says, and Joseph who by the apostles was surnamed Barnabas. In other words, nicknamed Barnabas, which is being interpreted the son of consolation or meaning the son of encouragement, the son of encouragement. He was a Levite of the country of Cyprus. Now, look what it says in Acts 11. All right. In Acts four, we find he's he's a son of encouragement. He's an encourager. He's somebody that lifts other people up. Acts 11 Then tidings of the things came into the ears of the church, which was in Jerusalem, and they sent forth Barnabas that he should go as far as Antioch, who, when he came, had seen the grace of God and was glad. Now, watch what it says and exhorted them all. He exhorted them all. He encouraged them all. He gave them words of encouragement and and, and words of blessing. That with purpose of heart they would cleave unto the Lord. For he was a good man and full of the Holy Ghost and of faith, and much people was added to the Lord. Now, what is that telling us? All right. We know Barnabas was the type of person that was an encourager. He had the gift of exhortation. He, he was an encourager. He was a lifter. He was a blesser. He was somebody who had really, uh, I would believe, had, to, had the gift of mercy. He was the one that would stop and help the dog that was was wounded on the the side of the road. Uh, uh, He's the one that wants to help somebody that's hurting. He's always a lifter. He's always an encourager. He was a man of second chances and third chances and fourth chances. He was the one that wanted to give everybody the benefit of the doubt. He was the one that always seen the glass half full. He was the one that always seen the good in people. No matter how bad the person was, he saw the good and he wanted to be the encouragement encourager. Not only that, not only that, sometimes we we miss in this study that that Barnabas was the one who taught the disciples into allowing Paul to come in and be a part of the assembly there in Jerusalem. And I believe that is where, uh, I believe that is where their friendship took place and their friendship was established uh, uh, there. Because if you remember, Paul was killing Christians. He was before he was converted, before he came to know Jesus, uh, he was killing Christians and the disciples in Jerusalem were afraid of him and didn't want to have anything to do with him. And it was Barnabas that took Paul in and convinced them to, to fellowship with Paul. And they convinced him that, look, he is the deal. He is the real deal. Paul is a converted Christian today. And that's Barnabas. Man, he's a good guy. He was the one you'd want to hang out with. He's the one that if you ever messed up, you'd want him to be your friend because he would always lift you up and help you. So that's Barnabas. Now let's look at Paul. Let's look at Paul. How was Paul different? How was Paul different? It says in Galatians 2, 1, let's look at some, let's look at some verses. Let's look at some verses that, that kind of describe Paul's personality. Galatians chapter two, verse 11 says, but when Peter was come to Antioch, I withstood him to the face because he was to be blamed. Uh, I'm not going to go into it, but if you want to go and study, uh, Peter was kind of being a hypocrite, uh, in a situation that dealt with the, uh, the Gentile people. And, uh, Paul just got in his face. He said, I withstood him to the face. He was confrontational. He was an in your face type person. Now look what it says. Second Timothy two, three, Thou therefore, now think about this. Imagine, I, I, I kind of, when I read these verses, I kind of, uh, imagine this in a drill sergeant's voice. Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. This is Paul. This is Paul. What does, what does he say in 1 Timothy 6? I fought a good fight. The fight, the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life, whereinto thou art also cold, and hast professed a good profession before many witnesses. Second Timothy four, seven. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Philippians one, 21. For to me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. Now, what what, what is the difference you see? I see a soldier. I see somebody that's kind of tough. Somebody that's, hard, uh, uh, somebody that's kind of hard, somebody that's kind of, I would have to say, maybe possibly abrasive, uh, somebody that just didn't put up with a whole lot of foolishness, somebody that just didn't really care uh, uh, what a person thought he was going to say what was on his mind. He was confrontational. He, he got into Peter's face and just, just dealt with the situation. He was a soldier. He was hardened. He was a he was a man of character. He was a leader. Uh, He saw things in black and white. He didn't see the gray areas. Uh, I I, I can I can kind of I can kind of sense that he had a maybe the gift of administration. Maybe Uh, he was an administrator in his mind. He was an incredible leader. and, And he didn't he didn't give anybody any slack whatsoever. This was his personality. This was his personality. Now. When it comes to the encourager and the administrator, when it comes to Barnabas and Paul, they can get along with each other because one kind of complements the other. But what we're going to see in this chapter is that even though they could get along with each other, when it dealt, when it, when it comes to dealing with each other, they had very different opinions about how to deal with other people. And so that's kind of where we're at now. We saw their personalities and I hope you can see this. I hope at home you you can see how these verses describe these different personalities in these men. And both of them, both of them are men of God. Both of them are men of God who are good men of God. And both of them were used by God and both of them did incredible things for God. But both of them were drastically different personalities. All right. Now, watch this. Not only do we see the differences in their personalities, But B, I want you to look at the difference, the difference in their preferences, the difference in their preferences, how they, how they operated, if you will. This is what, this is what Paul would say. This is what Paul would say. What can man do for the ministry? He's kind of, he's kind of, I hate to, I hate to, I hate to compare the apostle Paul and JFK. But JFK did say, you know, it's not what your country can do for you, but it's what you can do for your country. And what Paul is saying, what can you do for the ministry? What can you sacrifice? What can you give for the cause of Christ? What can you give so the church can be blessed? What What can you do so the church can grow? Listen, it's not about you. It's about the church. It's about the ministry. It's about the cause of Christ. It's about the furtherance of the gospel. Now watch how, watch how different, watch how different Barnabas would be. Paul is saying, what can you do for the ministry? But Barnabas would say, Hey, what can the ministry do for you? Totally different way of looking at things totally different way of, of looking at a situation. And, and, and because of that, now we run into a problem. Now we run into an issue. Now we run into a difficulty that we, we see in these verses. So we see, we got two different guys, two different personalities, two different ways of looking at things, uh, two different methods, if you will. And it's going to cause a problem. So let's look in verse number 38. Verse number 38. Let's go back to verse 37. Verse 37. And Barnabas determined to take with them John, whose surname was Mark. But Paul thought not good to take him with them, who departed from them, from Pamphylia, and went not with them to the work. And the contention was so sharp. The contention was so sharp between them, they departed asunder one from the other. Now, I looked up those two words, contention and sharp. The word contention means dispute, struggle, quarrel. All right. This is not just, this is not just a simple disagreement on what to eat for dinner. Uh, This is a major issue. This is a, this is a major argument. This is a major situation. The word sharp means fierce. It means ardent, means fiery. In other words, both of them had words. Both of them had words. They, they, they were very adamant about their opinion. They were very adamant about what they wanted to do in the situation. Now, let's talk about what they're disagreeing about. Let's talk about what they're disagreeing about. John Mark here is a nephew. And this could be this could be a, a very good reason why Barnabas feels the way he feels about uh, John Mark. Uh, but this is his nephew, his sister son. And, and he is saying, uh, I want him to go with us. And Paul says, not on your life. There's no way we're taking him. Now, to understand why Paul feels the way he feels, if you will go back and you will study their first missionary journey, uh, when they left and went on their first missionary journey, it was Paul, Barnabas, and Mark. And he was their assistant. He was their minister to come and help them in throughout the ministry. And they go to Cyprus and they work around Cyprus. And when they go and and, and really the way I see it, when it, when the ministry got tough, when they, when they went from Cyprus and they went to Pamphylia, that's when everything bugged, everything fell apart because the next leg of the journey was going to be difficult. The next leg of the journey was going to be perilous. It was going to be uh, really dangerous. Uh, it was going to be difficult. And Mark bugged out on him, said, no, I'm, I'm done. I'm done with this. I'm going back home. And so he deserted him and they went on through and they, they, they followed through with the ministry. And You got to think some bad stuff happened to Paul during this time. Paul got stoned uh, they threw rocks at him till they thought he was dead. Uh, they they chased him out about every town they went to. And Paul went through some very, very difficult times through this. And he saw Mark as a liability. There's no way we can take him. There's no way. Uh, he is not where he needs to be to go on this journey. Well, look look at the encourager. Let the son of consolation, he comes to the rescue and says, listen, I think he needs a second chance. Everybody deserves a second chance. And I think we need to take him with them. Now, uh, this was a bad deal. This was a bad deal. Now, here's what I want you to write down as far as your notes go. Write this down. I want you to see this. All right. Number three, we see the disagreement in the matter. First, we saw number one, we saw the desire of the missionaries. Number two, we see the difference in the ministers. The difference in the ministers. And then number three, we see the disagreement in the matter. The disagreement in the matter. Now, here's two things I want you to write down. First, it was based on opinion. It says Paul thought it not good, it was based on opinion. Now, I know what you're saying. No, 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 no. It's based on what what Mark did. I I understand that. I understand that Mark did something to cause an opinion. But two guys had a different opinion about Mark. One said there's no way we can take him. One says this is not a good idea. And the other says, hey, everybody deserves a second chance. This guy, he needs to go with us. He can be helpful. He can be a blessing on this thing. And and so so no doubt about it. No doubt about it. It's a matter of opinion. It's a matter of how uh, two different people are looking at the same thing, looking at the same situation, but they're perceiving it in two different ways. So the, the argument is based on opinion. But then write this word down. Write this word down. It is built. It is built on obstinacy. It's built on obstinacy. In other words. It goes, it goes from a from a molehill to a mountain. And it got that way because they were both stubborn. They were both stubborn. And and here's the thing, here's the thing that we need to see and we need to look at. Uh, anytime, anytime you have a disagreement. I, I have found this out and I, I read a I read a quote today. They said most of the time when people go into a discussion with another person, they're automatically trying to convince that person that they are right. In any disagreement, you should go in to try to understand the other person. But that's usually not what happens. We try our best to help that other person know why I'm right or why. And that person tries their best to convince me why they're right instead of understanding where the other sides are coming from. We don't see much of that. All we see is a major, major issue, a major quarrel, a fiery quarrel, it says. And we know it's not, it, it's not, uh, it's not about scripture. It's not about Bible doctrine. It's not about theology. It's about what one man's opinion is different than the others. And it's built up. It goes, you know, we say we make a mountain out of a molehill. It's the exact opposite. They took a molehill and made a mountain out of it. And by that, it was because of stubbornness, stubbornness. Now, now let's read on. Let's read on. Here's Paul's deal. Here's Paul's deal. Let's look at how he's thinking at this. Paul would be quoting this. Paul would be quoting this. Proverbs 25, 19 says this confidence, confidence in an unfaithful man in time of trouble is like a broken tooth and a foot out of joint. Now think about that. Paul, by experience, Paul, by experience has already come from his first missionary journey and on that missionary journey, he had to deal with robbers. He had to deal with perils of water and perils of his own countrymen. He was stoned and left for dead. And so this was going to be a time of trouble. This was not going to be an easy route. This was not going to be easy journey. And he knows if you put confidence in an unfaithful person in the time of trouble, it's going to be as bad as a toothache. And so that's what Paul is thinking. That's what Paul is thinking. Now, let's see how how Barnabas, what, what verse would he quote? Paul would quote Proverbs 25, but Barnabas would quote Galatians 6. Galatians 6 says, brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. Bear ye one another's burdens, and so feel, fulfill the law. Now, preacher, which verse is right? Yep, They're both right. They're both right. Paul is right in being concerned. Paul is right in thinking that this may not be a good deal. If we get into a bad situation again and we bring somebody along that cannot handle this, it's going to be like a, a broken tooth and a foot out of joint. This is a bad deal. Paul's right. But Barnabas is right also. Barnabas is right when he says, listen, when a, when a person makes a mistake, when a person falls, ye which are spiritual, the spiritual thing to do would restore this person and, and, and put them back in a place where they can be usable again and be a blessing again. And so here we are. We're still I know what you're thinking in the middle of this study. We still haven't figured out which one's right. You know why we think that way? Because that's our humanity. We want to be right. We want to know who's right, who's wrong. Who can we blame? Who's at fault about this deal? So far, so far. They, they both have personalities that affect the situation. They both have opinions that affect the situation. They both can quote verses. They both can quote verses that affect the situation. So we're, we're in a limbo. We're in a limbo. Let's see what happens. Number four, we see a disagreement in the matter. Verse 39, then verse 40. It says this at the end of verse 39. It says, and they departed asunder one from the other. And so Barnabas took Mark and sailed to Cyprus. And if y'all remember from last week, Cyprus was uh, Barnabas's home country, his home territory. And Paul chose Silas and departed, being recommended by the brethren under the grace of God. And he went through Syria and Cilicia, confirming the churches. So what happens? Number four, there's a division of the ministries. A division of the ministries. Two things took place. Two things took place. In other words, there was a separation. We said in the first disagreement of this chapter, when it had to do with theology, there was an investigation. They stayed with it. They stayed with it. They hammered it out. They kept working at it find what is the truth? What do we need to do? What is the, what is the true biblical uh, uh, teaching that we should be offering to people? And they come to a conclusion, uh, salvation by grace. Amen. By faith, uh, uh, we are saved, not through works of man, not through the works of the law. And so they investigated it and they came to a conclusion and they came together. Well, the exact opposite took place here. There was separation. There was separation. In the first disagreement, it was kind of public. It was a public matter of theology. In the second disagreement, it was basically a private matter of methodology. How will we do this? How will we accomplish this second missionary journey? And we find out the ultimate, the ultimate outcome was separation. Separation. They departed asunder. Two things it did. First, it de-escalated the situation. It de-escalated the situation. What do we learn from that? What do we learn from that? That if you cannot come to a conclusion, if you've tried your best and you, you have done everything you can to come to a conclusion about this situation, sometimes separation is necessary. Sometimes separate and, 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 and understand what I'm saying here. I'm talking about methodology, methodology, how to do something. We never listen. We never we never argue over theology. We got to be the same on that. We got to uh, uh, we got to we got to come to an agreement. We've got to come to an understanding. We've got to know the truth. That's nothing we can play with. But when it comes to methodology, it's OK to agree to disagree. There's a lot of things in, in ministry and there's a lot of things in in Bible doctrine that that uh, 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 I say a lot. Uh, there's a lot of things in ministry where we can agree to disagree. We can agree to disagree about the color of the carpet. We can agree to disagree whether uh, there's a, a drum set in the church or, or whether there's electric guitar in the church. We can agree to disagree on the types of music uh, uh, that's there. And, 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 and some people say, no, we can't do that either. But that's all right. You preach that wherever you're at. I'm preaching from here. We can agree to disagree on that. We're not always going to be the same on that. A lot of times that's a matter of opinion. But when it comes to Bible doctrine and the theology of salvation, we have to know the truth and we have to come together on that particular matter. But in this deal, they separated to deescalate the situation. Now, we can take a lot. We can take a lot from that, just even in our own homes and and in our own ministries, in our own uh, 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 maybe businesses or our or, or relationships with our friends. Uh, sometimes it's better just to just to stop. And chill out, go get an ice cream, and then come back together and talk about it. But it's not okay to just ignore it and make it just, well, we're just going to die, and then forget about it, and don't come to a conclusion. And the reason that is, is because if you keep doing that, it's going to keep building up, and it's going to one day explode. Are y'all with me out there? Say amen. I couldn't help it. Say amen right where y'all are. We've got to understand how to come together. In this situation, they were not going to come together in agreement on a method and on a method. So how do we apply that? If you don't like if you don't like uh, what's going on in your church, if you don't like what's going on. I know we have a lot of people that are tuning in that may not have the ability uh, 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 to 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 be in their own church's Bible study online. Uh, let me tell you this. And everybody that goes to this church, if you've got a problem with a certain method. And you've talked to a leader about a certain method or a certain uh, thing that you don't like and you don't like the uh, the answer that you get. The answer is not to sit around and cause problems. Paul didn't go to all the rest of the church and, and tell why he's right and Barnabas is wrong. Barnabas didn't go around trying to get everybody on his side. They decided to go on out and do their thing, but go on a separate way. It's never right to sit around and cause disagreement and problems, cause strife. God is not the author of confusion. So they separated. They de-escalated the situation. But then, this is what's so good about this. God can get good out of anything. They They divided the service. In other words, instead of one missionary team, now there's two missionary teams. Instead of two people going out serving, now there's four people going out serving. So God can take anything and make good out of it. He can take anything and make good out of what God, what the devil meant for evil. And as Joseph said about his brethren, what you meant for evil, God meant for good, what the devil can try to destroy. And I promise you separating good friends. You got to understand they've been together for about six years now. About six years, Paul and Barnabas have 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 served together, have been in the ministry together. They've gone through peril. They've gone through difficulty. They've gone through dangerous situations. I mean, it's almost like they're army buddies. They have risked their lives together and they were very, very close. But now they're going their separate ways. I wish I could say, and I'm glad God, I'm glad God can get that. And God can take something and make a, a good situation out of a bad situation. But it's kind of sad to think because nowhere in scripture do I find where they ever see each other again. Good, good friends. I don't find it. Now, I do know, I do know that Paul uh, speaks about Barnabas in a positive way, Uh And and that's it. That's it. That's something that we can learn from that. If you find somebody that you can't agree with, don't go out and be disagreeable after you separate. Listen, Paul never said a negative thing about him, never said a negative thing. And we also know we also know I'm kind of getting ahead of myself a little bit. But Paul also later on in the ministry saw the benefit and the blessing of Mark uh, becoming and, and really being useful in ministry. Now I know what you're thinking. Uh Uh-oh, we done found the answer. We found the answer. We know that's Barnabas. Barnabas was right because in the end, time time sure told the story because that meant that, 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 that Barnabas was right the whole time because Mark turned out pretty good, but that's not necessarily so. That's not necessarily so because sometimes people need time to mature and they need time to develop. What's the point? Trust is not given. Trust is earned. And what Paul seen out of, out of, uh, Mark was that he had spent time to invest and he had spent time to really build back trust with the apostle Paul and thank God he did. Thank God he did. Now here's the, here's the practical lesson. Here's the practical lesson I want to share with you tonight about this particular situation. We, 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 we looked at the verses. We saw what happened. Let's, let's kind of review them real quick. And then I want to give you the practical lesson. All right. First, we saw the desire of the missionaries. They want to go. They want to go back and and they want to visit all the churches that they went to on their first missionary journey, all the Christians that they won to Christ, and the churches that they had planted. So there's a desire of the missionaries to follow up on on the the, the ministries that they had planted, verse 36. But then we see there's there's differences in the ministers, there's differences in their personalities and in their preferences and the way they saw things and the way they would operate, verses 37 through 38. But then we see there's a disagreement in the matter. There's a disagreement in the matter. One wants to take uh, his nephew and Paul is adamant about it. We're not taking him. This is not a good idea. And they both most likely, without a doubt, probably had good arguments for each side of the deal. But there was a disagreement to the point that there was a division in the ministry. There was a division in the ministry, not as far as a church split as much as that one went one way and the other went the other way. And they kept serving. They kept ministering. There's two teams going out now. How do we deal with disagreement? How do we deal with disagreement? Couple of things to remember. Couple of things to remember before I give you just three quick things. First, understand this, and I, I have to say this to our staff all the time, and because I had to say it to myself all the time. When you're dealing with people, and that's all ministry is. Ministry's dealing with people. Uh and, and some of some of you uh have have had an experience with this here in the last few days uh dealing with people out in public and 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 at the grocery store or wherever you might be uh people are people and 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 sometimes people can be difficult uh sometimes they can get frustrating and and no matter who they are what i see from this there's probably there's probably no greater encourager In the new Testament than Barnabas, there's probably no greater man of God in the new Testament than the apostle Paul, all the scriptures he wrote, all the churches he planted, all the converts he had, he had special revelation from God. I mean, this guy was an incredible man of God, but what do we learn from this? Even though these two great men of God at best men are still men. Men are still men. Now, I I, I wrote the saying down. I wrote the little cliche is this. The best of men are still just men. The best of men are still just men. No matter who you are, no matter how long you've been in church, no matter what kind of background you have, no matter how good a Christian you are. Listen, you're just you're just human. You're just human. And when we deal with people, when we deal with people, we need to understand That the best of men are still just men. Secondly, this is this is is not the three points I want to give you. Just just kind of write this down, throw this together in the pie. Uh, The best of men are still just men. And then, secondly, don't be surprised when good men sometimes disagree. Don't be surprised when good men sometimes disagree. I mean, let's let's face it. Let's face it. If you've been on social media. If you've been on social media any amount of time this week, you've seen you've seen people disagree whether whether we should shut down the services or whether we shouldn't shut down the services, whether we should trust God and believe or whether we should have common sense and 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 and, and try to do what we can to protect our people. Uh, disagreement, and and I have no doubt, I have no doubt that people mean well. I have no doubt that people really believe their side of the issue. I have no doubt that they want to win souls and they want to do right. But there's disagreement. Disagreement. Don't be surprised when good people don't be surprised when good friends disagree on things. I've got some I've got some really good friends in the ministry. Uh, Matter of fact, I would say this. I've got some really good friends in ministry that vehemently disagree with each other. I've got friends, if you'd want to say their way on this side over here, and I've got friends this way on this side over here. And, and I, I agree with some of what this side is on. And I agree with some of what this side's on. And, and I try to be friends with both, but I love them both. And they're good people and they're doing a great work. And, and sometimes, sometimes good men will disagree. Listen, the best men are still just men. Don't be surprised when good men sometimes disagree, sometimes cannot come to an agreement. then also, also write this down. Sometimes, sometimes separation is the best remedy. Sometimes separation is the best remedy. Preacher, what do you mean? It would not have been a good thing. It would not have been a good. And, and, and this is this is really coming to my mind now. I didn't think about this when I was sitting in my desk. But uh, when Paul and Barnabas were disputing with the Judaizers, when they were when they were uh, quarreling, if you will, and debating the, the false teachers, they got everybody involved. They got everybody involved. And, and and they begin to discuss this with the leaders and they just got everybody involved. Hey, we need to come to a conclusion about this. We need to, we need to. And then they also went back to Jerusalem and got everybody involved there, told everything that was happening. We've got to come to a conclusion about this theological issue, the doctrine of salvation. It is that critical. It is that important. Theology. We get everybody involved. But in this deal, it was a private matter. They kept it to themselves. Now we know we know the apostle Paul, uh, I, and when I say a private matter, I don't, I don't mean that nobody knew about it because two guys has been together six years. Don't just separate and people don't have an idea that something is not uh haul here with this deal. That's not what I mean. What I mean is they didn't ask nobody else's opinion about what to do in this matter. They didn't involve other people in the dispute, in the argument, if you will. That's what I mean when they didn't involve other people. And so it's totally different. And this is what I mean. When you can't agree with somebody, when you can't agree with somebody, and it's not a matter of theology. It's not a matter of Bible doctrine. It's not a matter of scriptural, uh, scriptural truth. It may be a matter of preference. It may be a matter of opinion. Don't go around. Don't go around and, and, and politic and try to get people on your side and and try to get everybody to be on your team and be in your camp and be in your crew. That's not the thing to do. Listen, especially in ministry, especially in church. Listen, if you can't agree with the pastor, you need to go find a pa- a church you can agree with the pastor. Don't try to get other people. It's the same way with the Sunday school teacher. Same way with, with, hey, if you don't like the music, don't get on Facebook and complain about the music. Go find a church that plays your kind of music. This is not rocket science, people. Listen, let's do the right thing. You don't see anywhere where Paul's and You don't see anywhere where Barnabas is politicking. They decided, listen. I'm never going to agree with what you're thinking in this deal. You're never going to agree with what I'm thinking in this deal. So why don't we do this? Why don't, why don't I go to, to where my home territory is? And that's what Paul did. And Barnes said, I'm going to go where my home territory is and I'll take Mark's. I think he's okay. And well, I'm going to take Silas and we're going to go this way. Here we go. Here we go. No politicking. Sometimes separation. Sometimes separation is the best policy and the best remedy for an issue. Not all the time. But usually when it's opinion, usually when it's preference, separation is probably the best remedy. Now, here's here's what we do. Here's what we do. What if we want to get along, preacher? What are we going, what if we want to get along? What do we do when we disagree? What do we do when we disagree? All right. Here's the practical side. And we got 12 minutes and I, I'll, I'll give you all three of them really quick. So if, if, if you say, preacher, we've come to an issue that we cannot agree. All right. Number one. When we come to a place of disagreement, the first thing we need to do, there needs to be humility. There needs to be humility. Refuse to allow personality to dictate the outcome. Refuse to allow the personality to dictate the outcome. Show humility. First Peter five, verse five says this. Likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. Yea, all of you be subject unto one another and be clothed with humility. For God resisteth the proud and giveth grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. I found it a lot of times. A lot of times when we're in a disagreement, uh, a disagreement that, that pride causes it to be worse than it really should be. And sometimes if we just humble ourselves and say, look, I did it. I saw, I saw one of the greatest illustrations I've ever seen ever. And, and, and I, I, uh, I was, we was at out here on the, on the pond when, when we, they were, they were working on the pond, building a, uh, Uh, a parking lot out here in the, in the, the land, but behind the church here. And we were all sitting up there. There were several there where they was watching the men work and, and, uh, my father drove up, my father drove up and he had a pit bull and, and this pit bull was big as a house. I mean, he was just a, a monster dog. He was huge and, uh, really a, a big old baby really. Uh, but this dog, he was a, he was a, a huge, huge dog and he gets out the car well, uh, there was another dog of a neighbor's across the road. Uh, there was a little old small dog, little feist looking dog and, and, uh, uh, may been a Jack Russell or, or something of that nature, a smaller dog. And that dog was on the other side of the, of, of the pond. And when that dog, the little, little feist dog, little fiery dog, when he saw my dad's pit bull get out of the van and kind of walk around, he thought it was his duty to come and deal with that situation. And so here we see this little dog running around this lake. Yep, 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 Coming right at the pit bull. And I'm thinking, this is bad. This is not going to work. This is going to be a bad situation. And this dog running, yep, 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 yep. And I don't know, I don't know if the, If the little feist dog just didn't have good eyesight, and then when he got close enough to see how big that pit bull was, I don't know what happened or if he just come to his senses, but he ran up right to that bulldog, and that bulldog looked at him, and that little feist just rolled over on his back and just just got quiet. And that bulldog just looked at him and then walked right on off. Little did he know he saved his own life by showing humility in that situation. The Bible says, "Agree with thine adversary quickly, that it may be well with thee." Sometimes, sometimes, it's okay to agree to disagree. You know what? That's what love does. That's what love does. Sometimes, sometimes, you will disagree to agree. It, you won't think that, but you'll just agree with it because you just you want you want peace in the matter, and that's what love does. Love shows humility. And so if we're going to, we're going to find our place in a, a disagreeable situation, the first thing we need to do is show humility, show humility. Secondly, there needs to be a hearing, a hearing. And I'm not talking about a court hearing. There needs to be a hearing. Proverbs 18, 13 says this. He that answereth a matter before he heareth it, it is folly and shame unto him. He that answereth the matter before he heareth it, it is folly and shame unto him. We we have a tendency to to want to respond so fast and give our opinion and our thoughts and, and our preference so fast. Sometimes we don't stop long enough to hear the whole story. And, and some of the biggest mistakes I've ever made, especially with my kids is, is I'll respond in, 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 something that I hear something that takes place, but I don't hear the whole story. And, and, and it turns out to be a bad situation. Listen, have a hearing, slow down, slow down and listen, listen to the other person. James 1:19: Wherefore my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear and slow to speak. Slow to wrath for the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. Wherefore, my beloved, let every man be swift to hear and slow to speak, slow to wrath. I think we all can practice that and need to do better in those areas. Swift to hear. You know, the old cliche, God gave us two ears and one mouth. We need to do twice as much listening as we do speaking. Have you ever noticed that most really wise people don't say a whole lot? Really wise people, you notice it. You get around someone that's got a lot of wisdom, a lot of wisdom. They do a lot of listening and they don't do a whole lot of speaking. But when they speak, it's important and they have something to say. So listen, when you come into a disagreeable situation, first show humility and then give a good, honest hearing. Now, now, now watch. Now watch. I hope y'all are watching. Perk up, perk up. Pinch your neighbor. We're almost done. Pay attention right here. This is important. Don't listen in order to know how to respond. Listen to understand the other person. Not to defend your argument. Try to understand the other person. We all need practice at that. We all need to do better at that. So there needs to be a hearing. Last of all, last of all. We see humility is so important, but then there, we need to show a hearing. And this is one that there's going to be people that don't agree with this, but this is really important. There needs to be humility. There needs to be hearing and there needs to be honor. There needs to be honor. And I'll show you what I mean. There's a line of authority in this world that God put into being. Children. Honor your father and your mother. There's a line of authority over parents, over children. There's a line of authority and a responsibility with husbands and wives. There's a line of authority in, in, out in the public with the community, uh, with the authorities and the police and the judges and the, and the leaders that God has put there for our sake and our benefit. There's an authority that God has over us and they are all for our protection and they're all for our benefit. And here's what I want to I want to read to you. Hebrews 13, 17. Obey them, obey them that have the rule over you. And submit yourselves, for they watch for your souls, as they that must give an account, that they may do it with joy and not with grief. For that is unprofitable for you. You can put this in the home with parents and children. You can put this in a church with pastors and, and parishioners. Uh, you can put this with husbands and wives. You can put this with leaders in, in the government. Uh, uh, you can put this with uh, the sh- the sheep with the shepherd, the great shepherd. Uh, we are to honor them. Now you say, what does this have to do with this story? You remember remember when, when I said that, that it seems like they were both right and they were both wrong. They were both right and they were both wrong. This one's, this one's thinking this way because of his personality. This one's thinking this way because his personality, but, but who really ultimately, when we want to come to an answer, what answer would that be? Let me show you. Let me show you. Look what it says in, in verse number, uh, 40, verse number 40. Barnabas takes, Barnabas takes Mark. Paul takes Silas. Look at what it says in verse 40. And Paul chose Silas and departed. Watch this. Being recommended by the brethren unto the grace of God. Being recommended by the brethren unto the grace of God. In other words, the church seemed to put their blessing in agreement on the apostle Paul. Now, you say, why do you think that is? In this particular situation, in this particular disagreement, Paul was the one in authority in the matter. Paul was an apostle. He was a, a, a responsible elder leader, if you will. He was one responsible for the matter. And, and, and if, the, if we want to get really, really technical in this situation, Barnabas should have humbled to the authority that Paul had as an apostle. And and apparently the church was in agreement to that because they put their blessing in their favor on. And and not just do we see the 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 actions of the church, but we also see history. Also see history. We do not read again about Barnabas ever again in the book of Acts. Ever again in the book of Acts. He was instrumental in the beginning. He was instrumental in the church. He was even instrumental with Paul's ministry himself. But when things change, listen, we hear about Paul over and over and over again. We see the scriptures that Paul wrote. We see all the things and the favor and the blessings God had on him. Now, what do we need? What do we take from that? What do we take from that? Listen, when you can't agree, when you can't agree, sometimes separation's necessary. But if God wants you to stay in the same place, sometimes sometimes submission is really important. If there was submission, if there was humility and if there was an understanding, you know, maybe maybe Barnabas could have said, then this this is what we'll do. If you feel that way, uh, I'm going to follow your leadership in this matter and we'll give we'll give Mark some time to I don't know. I mean, that's speculation. We really don't want to do that. But we know, according to Scripture, God wants us to honor the authority that he has put over us. And in this matter, this could have been solved a whole lot better. A whole lot better if they would have been willing to just show some humility. Show some humility and honor the authority that God has put in your life. Now, I'm going to say something that's going to be controversial because I got a minute and 15 seconds left. Everybody's running around and posting and doing all kind of stuff about conspiracy theories and and all this kind of stuff. Man, Just stop. Just just stop. It it doesn't do anything but incite panic. Uh, Just stop. Just stop. Let's practice. Let's practice the word. Let's practice the word. Well, they're trying to shut down. church. They're not trying to shut down churches, people. They're trying to save lives. Let's stop. Let's take a deep breath. Listen, we don't have to be in this building to have church. Hundreds of you have have heard from God and have felt the spirit of God right where you are. We're going to do whatever we have to do to get through this. We're going to be the church. We're going to operate as a church and we're going to go forward. Let's do what the Bible says. Let's do our best to follow the authority that God's put in our lives for our own protection, by the way, and do everything we can to serve one another work for one another, help one another, be a neighbor to our neighbor and do what we can to get through this together. Let's don't be disagreeable. Let's do what we can to deal with the disagreements in our life. And I hope you have an awesome night. I hope you have an awesome night. Hope you have a great time. We're going to be praying for you. Y'all pray for us. Get ready for Sunday. It's going to be good. You take care.